0: Hi, and welcome back. Today, I have with me attorney Christine Ferrer. She is both a certified public accountant and a lawyer, and she has 10 years experience in the field of taxation. She is the head and partner of the tax department for Fortin, Navasa, and Salzar. Uh, They are a well-known top-tier legal firm here in the Philippines. So it's great to have Attorney Christine on the show. She's going to go easy on me today, and we are going to discuss the CREATE law. It's the recently passed CREATE bill, uh, which has restructured the tax system. Uh, It was long awaited, it was much anticipated, uh, and it was long debated Uh, And it has now come into force. So I really wanted to get in some experts to discuss the new changes. They are actually quite favorable. They're very uh, commercially minded. They are also built with the aim to simplify processes to some degree. So I think there's a lot of good intent there. And also there's a lot of incentives and structures for the outsourcing industry because the government has taken a view that they want to support and encourage outsourcing as well as the other export industries and encourage the foreign direct investment FDI associated with that. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit technical, this conversation with Attorney Christine, um, but it is hopefully valuable information and hopefully you learn one or two things from this conversation. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start, or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at OutsourceAccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to OutsourceAccelerator.com slash quote. Hi, and welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm joined by attorney Christine Ferrer. She is a CPA and the head of tax at Fortin, Navasa, and Salsa. I always get that. Uh, it's hard to pronounce that one. Hi, uh, attorney Christine. How are you?
1: Yes, I'm fine, uh, Derek. How are you?
0: Really good. Really good. Thank you. And it's it's great to have you on the show. We have you on the show to discuss the Create what was a bill and now it's a law has been passed into law. It was kind of a long-awaited law and, and with much anticipation. Uh, so, I it's really great to have you on the podcast to explain what the Create Law is and its implications, its, its benefits, hopefully, for the economy and, and for the outsourcing industry. Uh, but first, Christine, it would be amazing if you could uh, give us a quick introduction into yourself and and as well your stellar career.
1: Oh, okay. Um, hi, I'm attorney Christine R. Ferrer. I am a CPA and a lawyer. Um, I have been in the tax practice for 10 years. Uh, I am currently the head of our tax department here in Fortune Nervasa and Salazar in Makati City. So, uh I'm glad that uh, Derek invited me for this podcast to explain about Create Law. So I think that's a quick introduction about myself.
0: Yeah, no, Perfect. <laughs> and so I suppose then introduce the Create Law for for those that are you know completely green and um, and even foreigners that are that are listening from overseas. Um, can you paint a picture of what the Create Law is?
1: Okay, um, the Create Law or the Corporate Recovery and Tax Incentives for Enterprises Act law substantially amended our National Internal Revenue Code. Um, First, it changes or it changed the tax rates of domestic corporations, resident foreign corporations, and non resident foreign corporations from 30% to 25%. Uh, for domestic corporations, there are instances that uh, they will be subjected to twenty to a lower twenty percent uh, tax rate, which I will explain later. Um, the second uh, amendment or major uh, uh, change introduced by the law to the NIRC is the uh, the addition of Title Thirteen, which is. Um, or which governs the tax incentives of registered business enterprises. So I will also discuss these tax incentives. Um, The purposes of CREATE law are, of course, uh, the first purpose is to attract investment. Uh, Second purpose is to develop a more responsive and globally competitive tax incentive regime and to create a more equitable tax incentive system. So, uh, as I have mentioned before, uh, Create Law reduce the tax rate of corporations. Previously, they are taxed at 30%. Uh, now, they are taxed at only 25%. So, if you are a domestic corporation and a resident foreign corporation, so when I say resident foreign corporation, these are corporations Um. Uh, which are registered with the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. These are branches of foreign corporations registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. So you are taxed at twenty five percent of your taxable or net of your taxable income or your net income. Um, however, uh, domestic corporations, there are domestic corporations that are subject to a lower rate of twenty percent uh, tax, Um, if these corporations have net income of not more than 5 million pesos and assets of uh, not more than 100 million pesos, uh, you deduct from those assets the value of the land where your business is located. So basically, uh, it reduced the tax rates applicable to these corporations. Um, uh, Not only that, it also reduced the applicable tax rate to... uh, Non-resident foreign corporations, or those corporations which are not registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, previously they were taxed at thirty percent of their uh, gross income. Now they are taxed at twenty-five percent of their gross income. Um,
0: so it's a pretty pretty favorable act.
1: Yes. And
0: yes, it's yes. it's pretty internationally competitive now as well, isn't it? Because it, it, there seems to be a trend globally for the corporate tax rates to be to be dropping. So they're maintaining competitiveness. The create bill was a long time in coming, and it was actually i, I it was being planned uh, prior to COVID. Is is that right?
1: Yes. Um. I think uh the first um caption was of the law was actually a, uh, Sitira. It was previously um, named as Sitira law. And then later on, it evolved as CREATE law.
0: Right. And and from what I understand, you know, the government hasn't been too forthcoming in terms of stimulus uh, during the COVID period. And the CREATE law was, in effect, a, a kind of package that would hopefully create the stimulus uh, required to recover from the COVID. Is is that a sort of true interpretation of either the bill or the intent, some of the intent behind it?
1: Yes, Derek, that is correct. Um, Create Law actually uh, will encourage the creation of more jobs. Uh, in fact, according to Representative Salceda, he is uh, the author of Create Law, about 1.4 million new jobs will be generated in the next 10 years. Um the reason is that the CREATE law will uh, create <laughs> tax savings of around 7.1 trillion pesos in the form of um, tax cuts or by reason of the reduced taxes. Mm. So when enterprises have reduced taxes, they will have the capability to hire more people, to infuse more capital, and, uh, and in effect, uh, generate more jobs. So that is the uh, purpose of CREATE law. I think that is the um, the portion where the law is actually uh, enhancing the economy of the Philippines.
0: Great. And do you think has it has often you know when tax changes come in, uh, they they kind of give with one hand and take with the other? Is this generally a, a pretty uh, generous tax rearrangement?
1: Yes, I think so. It is a generous uh, tax. Arrangement because, um, uh, as I mentioned, the tax rate was reduced to 5% for the regular corporate income tax. Not only that, Derek, it also reduced the minimum corporate income tax from 2% to 1%. A uh, uh, resident foreign corporation, those of branches of Uh, foreign corporations, as well as domestic corporations, are liable to pay minimum corporate income tax during the fourth year of their operations, that from is, fourth year from the date of their registration with the BAR. So under the law, uh, these corporations are taxed whichever is higher between the regular corporate income tax of 25% or 20% as applicable to domestic corporations. Uh, and minimum corporate income tax. So previously, uh, the minimum corporate income tax is at 2%. Now it is at 1%. So you will be taxed based on whichever is higher between the 1% minimum corporate income tax or the 25% uh, regular corporate income tax or in other cases, uh, 20% uh, if that is applicable. So the the tax system is really generous uh, directly.
0: Well, that's, that's a good sign, isn't it? That's a, that's a good sign. And um, as well, there's there's quite a lot of uh, tax relief is there for smaller companies, for the SMEs or MSMEs. Is that right, yeah. that, the, that, the, that the hurdles are relatively high uh, and so tax rates for the smaller companies are relatively low?
1: Um, there are tax reliefs available and the tax reliefs are found under Title 13 of the tax code. Um, the Title 13 of the tax code uh, provides or grants tax exemptions to registered business enterprises who will successfully apply uh, before the Fiscal Incentives Review Board or the um, investment promotion agencies, BOI PESA, Tiesa um, uh, if their project cost is uh, $1 billion or less, to um, uh, if they will be able to successfully apply before the firm or the IPAs, they will be granted uh, certain tax incentives. Uh, would you like me to discuss these incentives?
0: Yeah, give us an overview, a quick, a quick Okay. Walk.
1: So um, uh, for purposes of the CREATE law, uh the law divided enterprises into two types of enterprises, uh, domestic enterprises and export enterprises. So the BPO's belong to export enterprises.
0: And, and um, export enterprises is a significant contributor to the economy, obviously, isn't it? With, with, of course, outsourcing being one of those major ones as well. So, uh, And and is that right that in the creation of the CREATE bill, um, th- there was a lot of debate over the... Uh, incentives for the export or the outsourcing industries—is that, is that right? Um, uh,
1: I think. Well, I am not. Uh, I'm not really familiar with any debates that occurred at the legislative department or at the Senate. But I'm quite sure that uh, the president uh, ruled out or clarified why domestic enterprises have lesser incentives, um, because under Create Law, as you will note export enterprises have actually bigger incentives compared to domestic enterprises. Well, domestic enterprises refer to those uh, uh, enterprises um, whose uh, market is only uh, within the Philippines. Um, When you are an export enterprise, under Crate Law, you are eligible or qualified to avail of income tax holiday from four to seven years, Well, depending on... The area where you are located, when it comes to the area, the farther you are to from the NCR, the higher will be your incentive because the, the purpose of the law is actually to encourage nationwide or countrywide development. So it depends on the area where you are located, mm-hmm. your industry or the particular service that you are uh, offering. Uh, and it depends on whether you're a... Uh, an export enterprise or a domestic enterprise. Now, going back to an export enterprise, uh, you are entitled to income tax holiday uh, for four to from four to seven years, plus ten years of uh, um, uh, SCIT uh, special corporate income tax or enhanced deduction. Um, this SCIT is is the equivalent of gross income tax if you are a PESA-registered enterprise. However, when you are a domestic enterprise, you are only entitled to four to seven years of income tax holiday plus five years of enhanced deductions. Um, These enhanced deductions are in addition to the deductions provided under the tax code, meaning you are allowed to claim more deductions so that your taxable income will be lower. uh, As opposed to a... A, a domestic enterprise, an export enterprise can choose uh, whether after the, its income tax holiday, it will opt to avail of the 5% uh, special corporate income tax, which is equivalent to 5% gross income tax, or 10, year, 10 years of uh, enhanced deduction. So the, the duration is 10 years. Whereas for domestic enterprise, you're only entitled to enhanced deduction and the duration is only 5 years. So no. the reason, yeah, the reason that was given by the president was that if we allow more incentives to domestic enterprises, um it will kill the competition and it will hurt the other small and medium enterprises. So, uh, the domestic enterprises with incentives will now have more uh, will now will now be able to bargain for lower prices. They will have more contracts because they have incentives as compared to other uh, normal enterprises. That's why the incentives are smaller or not that big. Yes,
0: that makes sense. They would have a strategic yes. advantage over the others that don't have that. So it would create yes. an imperfect market. And then so for the export, they're they're pretty. They are. It is pretty generous tax incentives, isn't it? For export industries, which of course is the outsourcing sector. And I suppose the motivation for that, as you have mentioned, is to encourage uh, more outsourcing, more export industry, but also more foreign direct investment?
1: Yes, that is correct. For exports, uh, the veto message actually said that um, you have no definite market, but your market is the world. So the, the, the greater or the the larger your product or your services are, okay, the bigger will be your contribution to the economy.
0: Got it. Got it. Great. And I suppose just very quickly uh, um, personal tax, that that had a revamp in the CREATE bill as well? Uh,
1: uh, you mean the individual, the taxes applicable to individuals? Yeah. There are no changes actually that were made with respect to taxes on individuals. Mm -hmm. So, as it is, or currently, if you are a Filipino citizen and a resident foreigner, uh, your tax is from 20 to 35 percent, depending on your tax bracket. Uh, The highest tax bracket is 35 percent if your income is over 8 million while you are exempt from tax if your income is 250,000 and below. Um, if okay, you, and that, that,
0: so that's 250,000 pesos and below annually and then up to, and yeah, and up to uh, 8 million pesos annually. Okay, yes. yeah. And that, that's again, that's fairly generous for the lower tax brackets, isn't it? Because that that, that creates a lot of people that are really paying very minimal tax. E-
1: Yes, um, that is for the Filipino citizens and uh, resident foreigners. Uh, if you are a non-resident foreigner, um, your tax, uh, if you're a non-resident foreigner, it depends on whether you are doing business in the Philippines or not. Um, you are considered to be uh, doing business in the Philippines if your aggregate of stay in the Philippines is more than 180 days within any calendar year. So in that case, you will be taxed like a citizen. So from 20 to 35%. However, if you're here for temporary purposes or just temporarily, um, your tax will be at 25% of your income. So that's it.
0: Right, Right. So
1: still generous.
0: Thank you. Interesting. And that's really good. And something that has always intrigued me is the and this isn't necessarily related to the to the create create bill but uh capital gains tax can you ex- kind of give a simple 101 of the tap- capital gains it's effectively a fixed amount yes. and it's regardless of the actual capital gain isn't it, it it's yes. actually a fixed amount on the total amount
1: yeah um create law. Uh, actually impose a uniform rate of capital gains tax on transfer of shares uh, that are not traded in the local stock exchange um, it provided for a 15 percent rate on the gain on that on your gain on that sale so for example uh, you sold your shares uh, at a selling price of let's say two million pesos. And you previously acquired these shares at, let's say, one million pesos. You have a gain of one million pesos. That one million will be subjected to fifteen percent capital gains tax, or one hundred fifty thousand. That will be your uh, tax payable, CGT payable.
0: Great. Okay. That's so. That's fairly fairly standard. What is the what is the six percent capital gains on on property, for example, and I believe on on other transactions? Is there a six percent capital gain rate?
1: Yes, uh, that is with respect to real properties. Uh, that was not amended by create law. Uh, it is still the rate is still the same. So, when you buy a property, or sorry, when you sell a property, you are the seller. Um, the tax shall be based on six percent of the zonal value, which can be found at the BARS webpage. Um, or the market value of the property based on its tax, de- tax declaration, um, whichever is higher. So that's the capital gains tax on sale of land or other real properties.
0: Right, got it. And why do they have a fixed amount? Because it, it's pretty punitive if you haven't really made any capital gain.
1: Actually, uh, if you can observe, you cannot... Uh, well, the law does not allow the deduction of the cost of the property, right? I don't really know the wisdom of the law, but I guess the the Congress or the uh, representatives um, have already deliberated on that matter. So mm. I guess they have <laughs> considered that also in their deliberations. Because yes, it's almost like right.
0: a stamp or a transaction mm-hmm. tax, isn't it, which is designed to discourage... Kind of fast trading, I imagine, or 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 uh, any trading.
1: Um, I really don't know the wisdom behind the fixed uh, rate of six percent, based on the zonal value or the fair market value. Um, I think, well, um, yeah, as I've said, probably the legislate the the congressmen have already <laughs> considered mm-hmm. that in their deliberations. But, uh, it is different when you. Um, when, when you sell a property that is used in trade or business. Because in that case, you are allowed to deduct the cost of the land.
0: Right. So
1: if you are selling a property, an ordinary asset, that would be subject to the normal corporate income tax of 25%. And then you are also allowed to deduct the cost of your land. So it is different when you are selling a capital asset. That is subject Got to six percent capital gains tax.
0: Okay, and then so if you're disposing of other assets, like like businesses, for example, is 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 it basically you have you have two tax frameworks for capital gains: is the fifteen percent and the six percent? So is it is it fifteen percent if you, for example, sell a company?
1: Um, it's fifteen percent when you sell shares of stock. Right. Sorry, uh, it's six percent when you sell. When you sell a real property, when you sell a real property which is not used in trade or business, that is what we call as capital asset. So uh, those things apply to different transactions.
0: Got it. And if you sell a business, it would be 15% of the uh, true.
1: Yeah, when you say business, you are probably selling your shares of stock. So that would be a 15% capital gain stock.
0: Got it. Got it. Interesting. Well, thank you for, for clearing that up. I've always, I've always wondered about the capital gains situation. Wonderful. And so are you, you know, a, a lot, Duterte, the, the, the current president, when he came in, one of his missions was to, to simplify everything. Um, the Philippines, you know, has some renown for uh, having a low ease of doing business, uh, and there is a lot of complexity. There's, there's red tape. And it was his mission when he came in to, to reduce a lot of the bureaucracy and red tape. Uh, and I believe that he has been effective in that. And certainly, you know, he's, he's held true to that mission. But the create bill does that also serve to simplify processes, do you believe?
1: Yes, I think so, because uh, although it doesn't discuss uh, the procedures and how you will file your income tax returns, etc., because there are existing uh, revenue regulations, revenue memorandum orders, revenue memorandum circulars, which govern the filing, submission, the payment of your taxes. But I think uh, Create Law uh, reduces bureaucracy in the sense that uh, if you are a registered enterprise under Title Thirteen of the tax code, well, the, the two kinds of enterprises that I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you're either an export enterprise or a domestic market enterprise. The the law actually requires that you register as an EFPS, as an electronic filer, uh, as an electronic filer, or you must file your your income tax returns or your tax returns online and pay online. So that would... Um, and also, your receipts and invoices must be computer generated. So I think that would um, contribute to to efficiency when it comes to uh, perfecting our business transactions or submitting our reports to the BAR.
0: Right. And in terms of so the the country is slowly digitizing, and you know to now incorporate businesses uh, that has begun to become a, a digital. Process, which is great, and so there are some efforts to digitize the the, the filing requirements in the Philippines. Uh, do you do you see those as, as generally being successful, and are they uh, having an impact in terms of the, the you know the the difficulty of compliance?
1: Uh, I think uh, those are quite successful uh, because most companies nowadays are really uh, using the online. Filing and payment system, EFPS. And even if you are not uh, registered under the EFPS, we have what we call as the EBIR forms, which anyone, particularly anyone or everyone, can download uh, through the BIR website. So so example, example, me, even if I am not affiliated with any corporation, or I'm just an individual who wants to file a tax return for a particular transaction, I can download uh, the eBIR forms package which uh, will uh, which will process my filing of um, tax returns online so even if I am not a corporation uh, or even if I'm not affiliated with any corporation or I'm just uh, Uh, an individual trying to or an individual um, who's who would like to comply with tax filings I can now download the eBIR forms through the BIR website and uh, there are actually uh, modes of payment there provided we have gcash I don't know the other (laughs) modes so that simplifies everything
0: right so it is things are progressing well aren't they and as well I um from a from a sort of uh, ten thousand foot view, I see that there's a lot of reporting requirements in the Philippines. You know, th- typically every month there's something that needs to be filed or reported, uh, and then there's quarterly, and then of course there's annually. Um, do you, you know, there is a lot of filing requirement, and then each time you do have to file, that's an opportunity to to sort of do things wrong and and get caught out do you do you sort of agree with that do you do you have any sort of comparative perspective to other countries um in in my mind with other countries it it seems to be more you know you 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 file your accounts once a year kind of thing
1: oh that's that's good if that's the case for other countries actually i haven't um or I don't have any idea with respect to how filings are done in other countries, but with respect to our country, yes, you are right that um, we have quite a lot of requirements when it comes to filing. For example, uh, when you file uh, VAT or when you declare your value-added taxes, you have to file monthly VAT returns and then quarterly a quarterly VAT return when it is at the end of the quarter. Also, for income tax, you have to file quarterly income tax returns. And then at the end of the year, you have your annual income tax return. Um, Probably, the purpose of the law is for the taxpayers to be um, forced to declare their transactions. I don't know if uh, the Congress um, has anything in mind to reduce the number of filings that we have. Uh, but I think this sort of uh, mechanism has actually worked quite well. The Filipinos have adapted, but I think if they can still simplify the filing system, minimize the number of documents required, I think that would be better for us.
0: Right, yeah, and I mean it, it does seem it it seems quite onerous and of course it's they're complicated system, so then it's easy even with the best intentions to. To kind of slip up, um, and it seems a system that is is you know really difficult to comply with, as opposed to a system that is there to you know forever on to to sort of work efficiently. But yeah, you know, there's certainly motivation to simplify it, and it's digitising now, so it's certainly all heading in the right direction.
1: Yes, probably. I would agree with that.
0: I remember reading as way back as back in the two thousands that uh, the Philippines, you know, had some. Um, it was it was well known for the difficulty of tax collection generally, and um, from what I understand, you know, and is this sort of folklore? Or is it real that there's really only about twenty percent of the economy that is actually contributing to the tax base, and you know, a vast majority of the economy is really very much in a in a kind of grey. Uh, economy or a or a sort of subsistence economy and then also of that 20% or the you know the people that do pay the vast majority of tax collection then is is from the major major corporations um that actually contribute you know the the vast majority is the, is that a sort of fair representation and do you see that kind of evolving or or changing over over the years
1: um well to be honest Derek i haven't read such um information or research but uh that was, assuming that was uh that research was conducted in the year in the early 2000s i think uh currently the bir has uh, has been more efficient in collecting taxes uh i think more and more people are now paying their taxes because of the aggressive stance of the bir when it comes to collecting taxes in fact uh, even during the pandemic, the BIR has exceeded its collection target. Uh, the BIR uh, has its individual examiners assigned for every corporation. That is what I know. Uh, so if you're registered with the, corporation, with, with the BAR, you're a corporation, there is a particular examiner that is assigned to you to audit your company. So because of the aggressive uh, stance of the BAR when it comes to collecting taxes, I think it has uh, generated more revenues so far for the government. And I think also more people are now paying their taxes because, um, well, there's a way for the BAR to really discover transactions which are subject to tax. Um, for example, if a document has been notarized, they will just go to the court or to the, what do you call this, to the um, clerk, yeah. And ask for any copy of the notarist document, if, if they have heard, heard that a transaction has been consummated, they will ask for a copy of the notarist deed of sale, etc. They can do that. So there is a wide um, uh, avenue for the BAR to really discover taxable transactions. And more and more people are now paying taxes
0: got it and i think it gets easier to trace everything doesn't it in a yes, digital correct. economy and that, that's kind of better for everyone then because you know there's more transparency but also then there's less friction to just doing stuff properly yes that's correct um so it is a, it is kind of a win-win hopefully even, and, yeah, yeah,
1: sorry. Uh, even online transactions <laughs> i understand there are no um monitoring online transactions so i think but Because we are now going online, everything is online. So I think it is it will be easier for the BIR to actually detect tax, taxable transactions.
0: And Christine, this is maybe more of an economics thing, but with the COVID, of course, there's been you know huge kind of uh, economic impact and a lot of the businesses out there are probably not going to be posting any profits for the last kind of 18 months of trading. And so... Do you know? Do you see any projections like our tax collections really going to sort of plummet over whatever these these coming sort of months or years? And is the government in a position? You know, are they are they kind of? Uh, I assume they're they're seeing that and preparing for that.
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, I expect actually that the, there will be um, a decrease in collections in tax collections uh, in the upcoming year or years i think the um, the economy or the corporations are are yet or are, are starting to feel the effect of the pandemic just now i don't know if they have already experienced it last year um, but i think the effects will be really felt this year uh, but i'm still hoping that we will be able to cope up because um we are now we have now vaccines uh, available um but i'm i'm still looking forward to um the news or to hearing the news that the bar has has again exceeded its collection target because um that would mean that uh, we are doing fairly well as a country and as an economy mm.
0: It's important to keep it all balanced, isn't it? So thank you so much and you have really gone easy on me because of course this is a, you know hugely technical field uh, and there's so much more complexity uh, beyond what we have discussed now. So if anyone is involved in any way with any sort of uh, uh, business uh, and is a pretty complex society, it's it's you know very um, advisable to get. Good advice. So, you, from what I understand, you, you know, you are available, but also you run webinars and and there is access to information when it's needed.
1: Yes, yes, of course. Uh, We have a web page. Uh, Can I?
0: Yeah, please.
1: (laughs) Okay. Our web page is uh, www.fnslaw.com.ph. So, www.fnslot.com.eth, that is our webpage. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Fortun Narvasa and Salazar. Uh, we make our announcements there uh, for upcoming events, webinars, etc., and developments. And also, we publish um, articles on recent uh, issuances of the BAR, recent enactments, uh, recent regulations. So, that's it. <laughs>
0: That was attorney Christine Ferrer. She is the head of the tax department at Fortin, Navasa and Salsa. If you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to ask us anything, drop us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.